0: Because you want to live in the forefront of your times, in ideals, and in sacrifice, you have elected this. Live from Manworth Boulevard, it's Paul and Ray!
1: Hi Z! Hi Z! Hi TV here, lady. Hello. Don't you look sexy? I always come home after the Today Show and have a shower to wash the whore's makeup off. Oh, whoa, uh, whoa, whoa,
2: whoa, whoa, Yes. They make you look pretty.
1: That TV uh. makeup. <laughs> <laughs> TV makeup, we have said a number of times, is a touch overdone. <laughs> so, okay, so
2: when, when, when you go on, uh, yeah. about 8.30, is it not?
1: Yeah, quarter past eight, yes. Okay, what time do you have
2: to get there? Because obviously the ladies, a lot of people don't realise this, the ladies have to be there way too early.
1: Call time is 7am. Yeah. So you got to
2: get to Channel 9 at 7 o'clock yep. for an 8.15 thing.
1: Yes. I've also um, – I'd like to give a little shout-out to the security guard in the car park at mm. Channel 9. I don't know how many weeks I've been rolling in there every single week. Same
2: week, same time. Same week,
1: same time, same day. And every single time before he lets up the boom gate, he looks out the window and looks at me like, and you are? Yeah.
0: And every single
1: time I say, Rachel, you don't have to remember my name. Yeah. But just don't look at me like you've never seen me before, Never seen me
2: before. Now, now, by the way, Mm. do you try to park in, you know, like Graham Kennedy's former spot? Do you try to sort of find a little...
1: I just park in D. Gingell.
0: Good move, (laughs) Rach.
1: I figure if anything's going to get me a job at Channel 9 full time, it's parking in the boss's car (laughs) spot. who the
2: f*** is in here and why aren't they on my show?
1: (laughs) Exactly. That's what I hope for. The problem is I always park in the visitor's car park, but Always got something on, so the number of times I've rolled in, gotten the evil eye from the security bloke at the at the gate. Then you come in and you you got nowhere to park because there's a petting zoo in the way.
2: Now also, you know, because yeah, you know, big time TV. There's mm. a lot of people involved everywhere. I remember when I used to do the sunrise thing years ago. Is that uh, they would panic if you weren't there by whatever time they said you had to be there. Mm. Now, being a bloke and being a bearded bloke, I sort of eventually got the system down pretty clear that I said, look, I don't have to be there until half an hour before because let's be honest, there's bugger all skin to cover, no hair to be done, and I'm wearing my own clothes here.
1: Especially for guys, I think, because you don't need a lot of work. Although I will say, and I don't know whether I'm speaking out of school here, but Dickie, who I love dearly, is a great bloke. Beautiful man. Noticed he was wearing a little of the old eyeliner underneath the eyes today. Really? Yeah. Well, see,
2: yeah. I don't mind. That makes sense to me because he screams showbiz.
1: He certainly does. And
2: honestly, like all the people who, if you hear, if you hear anyone hanging shit on two people, mm-hmm. if you hear anyone hanging shit on Richard Wilkins or Larry Emder as cheesy or whatever, they don't understand. Yeah. Because seriously, those blokes, super professional. Yeah. And let's also take notice that they have been doing this for longer than anyone else. Oh, absolutely. Sort of like the news reader who they have to keep there for credibility. Yeah, yeah. You know, essentially (laughs) these are the two blokes who are the gold standard of how to keep going in a business that, let's be honest, every five years flushes everyone looking for the brand new this, that and the other. And
1: also, both of us will attest to the fact that you walk around TV people and there are plenty who act like their shit don't stink and it is unbelievably obnoxious. People like Dickie and Larry Emder, a bloke who have been doing this a million years, and are just so lovely and inviting and welcoming and delightful that that above all else is like I could forgive them anything.
2: Well, see, I was talking to to, to Larry the other day, uh, not to drop the name, just yeah. to tell the story. But <laughs> yeah. uh, we know famous people.
1: <laughs> it's all right. I've done a Dicky story. You do a Laz story. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow!
2: And we're talking about Dancing with the Stars because. For years, he said, "Not my mm. thing. Not going to do it." Uh, he's been offered the chance to be in it, to host it, to everything. He'd and he be just,
1: great at hosting. Uh, amazing. Oh, he'd be amazing. Really good.
2: Alas, mm. Shane Bourne gets yeah. a run. But he just said the reason he's doing it this time around is because he's done that super fit thing. He's just turned fifty, and he just wants to start striking some stuff off the list that he's going to regret as an older bloke.
1: Would you, if you were asked, would you do it? No.
2: Oh I, I couldn't do it. I would have done that singing thing. Remember they did like a... It
1: takes two? Yeah, I
2: just thought that was hilarious.
1: <laughs> yeah, but you've got like, a good voice. No, I don't, but you I
2: love do. you. But to get out there and just do a bit of karaoke on telly, that'd be hilarious.
1: I think if you're going to do one of those celebrity style shows, you have to do something where there's an element of talent. Like you learn something, you come out and display that skill. Correct. Something like your celebrity apprentice. Wow. Well. Which we need to discuss for a number of reasons. Oh, we do. <laughs>
2: oh, we do, sweetie.
1: The first is Mel Gregg. Oh. The
2: bar of what is a celebrity. Yeah. Is always low and is always very flexible. And in the case of Mel Gregg, it's ridiculous that her infamy comes from the thing that she claims she wants to move on from.
1: If you want to distance yourself from something, stop talking about it. But that's it. And don't go on a TV show called Celebrity Apprentice when the only thing you're a celebrity for is that. Go and become a celebrity for something else, then come back and do Celebrity Apprentice. I think with these things, though, people like her think, you know what, the nation thinks of me a certain way Mm. and I need to change their opinion. You know where the worst place to do that is? An environment where the producers want to put you in pressure cooker situations so you will f up and have a tanty.
2: Correct. They want you to blow up. They want you to cry. And uh, London to a brick on, she'll have a a, a massive cry. But also, the biggest thing with Celebrity Apprentice that I wouldn't want to get involved in, and I love watching the show. I mean, Mm. Donald Trump, what a f**k he is. (laughs) But I love watching the show. But the problem is, if you don't have mates who have got cash... You're going to get it's flushed true. out. Yeah. So you could be the funniest, the creative, whatever, whatever, whatever. Hence why. I'll put it out there now. I think it's Jeffrey Edelston who's part of it. Oh, He's yeah. going to win. Buy a canter. We've got cash. He's got mates who've got cash. And remember, for a certain p- period of time, it's about who raised the most money. So that'll get him through. I mean, I can't believe there are people who are nominated for Gold Logies that are doing it, like the Esther Anderson or something. Oh,
1: yeah. I, I think there's so a lot... Why is
2: Carrie-Anne?
1: Oh, I don't know. I mean,
2: God love Carrie-Anne, but how does she become the business advisor <laughs> to Mark Burris? How does that work?
1: There is so many elements of this that don't fit. Like, for example, when Gina Liano, is that her name, the bird from Melbourne Housewives, the, the lawyer who's always primped up in the diamantes and the oh, big giant hair, yeah. she, in her interview, when they were doing a spot on ACA or something, came in and said, oh, I walked in the door and thought, um, isn't this supposed to be Celebrity Apprentice? I don't know who any of these people are. I was like, when Gina Liano is telling <laughs> you that she doesn't think, it, you know, that she thinks she's a celebrity, you know you've hit trouble. The whole thing is going to be train television, and I'm going to be addicted. Yeah, I know.
2: (laughs) Full updates here on Paul and Rach. You're listening to Paul and Rach.
1: Question for Paulie. Yes, i hype.
2: Thank you. (laughs) Sigmund, back from the dead. Good to hear (laughs) you. have actually just heard somebody thinking.
1: Out loud. Out loud. I'm
2: hungry. (laughs) Shops now.
1: (laughs) Uh, How much shit... Is Jim of Jim's mowing up to these days? Oh, he loves
2: it, doesn't he? He's everywhere.
1: Jim's bookkeeping? What?
2: what? Yeah. Hang on, but hang on, don't forget, he started out mowing lawns. Now, no disrespect to the lawn mowers of this world. My father and my brother uh, yeah. are deeply into this, but what? They can also run your office?
1: Jim whizzed past the, uh, the other day with Jim's computer repairs. Oh, hang on. Jim's window tinting? <laughs> Jim's Jimmy's doing antennas. He does a bit of fencing. Sure. And my favourite is Jim's traffic control. Well,
2: what? There's seriously a company called Jim's? Like the, It's all Jim's. And it's that, that bloke. The bloke with the, the, with the, the little hat and the beard. And he does all of these things with a whippersnapper.
1: <laughs> exactly. He'll organise your books with
0: a whippersnapper. <laughs> direct traffic. Get the guys up on the Paul and Rach Facebook page.
1: I was down in Tassie over the weekend. Weren't you just? Doing a spot of renovation. Did you have a map? <laughs> <laughs> I did. So my uh, well, 2.0. Just, you don't live there. That's no, that's all. true. And I needed a map to get around quite often. A map of where? A map of Tassie. Really? <laughs> a map of Hobart in particular.
2: It's oh, a very specific <laughs> part of yes. the map of Tasmania. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, so I went down for the weekend because 2.0 bought the a place. Bit. Oh dear. Um, oh. So I went down there because 2.0 border bought a place and he's renovating it. Yeah, and... this is the place
2: you're going to retire to one day.
1: <laughs> Apparently. There's a few things we need to touch on in this story. The first is I now have a few tips for people who want to renovate. Mm. The, one, the only thing I took away from my entire lawyer degree were the words caveat emptor may the buyer beware <laughs> now this holds so true yeah. when you are buying a renovation place to renovate and all you get is the classic 10 to 15 minutes to look through the joint that you're about to drop however much money you're about to drop on the problem with that when you're renovating is that when you walk in and you start to peel back some of the cosmetics like tiles and kitchens it's and wasn't things just hell. you realise that there is a whole world of stuff going on behind the facade that you had no idea about. And is
2: there a reason he can't, you know, knock it down and rebuild his bit of Heritage Jackson action or no, is he no, trying to no. do something with the shell? What's he, what's he trying to do?
1: Structurally it's sound and it's fine. I mean, to knock it down and start again would be too big a task. So he just wants to go through and redo it so he can at least rent it out. Some of the stuff that the bloke before him has done, the upstairs shower was leaking so badly that essentially oh. it's rotted all of the roof through, but Great. to combat the leak, he had attached a funnel, like just an old one that you buy at the shops, to the roof so that the drips came down and then he attached a hose to that funnel and ran the hose into the downstairs shower so it could run away.
2: See, I'm not a big fan of big government, but occasionally, I wouldn't have a problem with councils that just knock on your door and say, can we just check how structurally sound this is for human?" Because
1: otherwise, when the electrician turns up, he says to you, mate, there's no earth wire in this house. Which means, for those of you who don't know electronics, which I didn't know anything about, is the wire that basically prevents you from getting electrocuted if something shorts in your house. Some of the other things that weren't present that he didn't realize, because of course when you inspect a property, you don't check the ceiling, are no insulation in somewhere that gets down to minus temperatures. Wow. No house insulation. Wow. It is the biggest shithole (laughs) you've ever seen.
2: Retiring to this place. <laughs> this is where you will spend your final yes, years.
1: It is. But one of the great things about renovating and renovating in a city that is not your own is what you get away with from a sartorial perspective. Mm. I was rolling around the streets of Hobart, going to quite decent establishments to pick up lunch and coffees and things like that in a pair of tracksuit pants that were too short for me. Yes. So you could see the socks and my old sneakers. They were also covered in red dusk from the hideous brown paint I had been sanding off the stairwell. Oh,
2: how bad is sanding oh. paint?
1: And the thing that you forget about... By
2: hand too. Are you oh, do it yeah. by machine or just...
1: Machine, sh- sh- machine. Sh- but the thing you don't realise when you're new to all of this stuff is you don't just roll in and paint a set of stairs. You have to sand everything. Mm. Same with the bedrooms. Mm. You're sanding and washing and mm. doing everything before you even picked up a paintbrush.
2: How about the world of uh, sugar soaps? Oh, where it's yeah. like, oh, you got to wash it all down. And you just go, what?
1: Because yeah, no.
2: you sort of think, okay, look, I can knock over a room in a day. And you go,
1: no way. No chance. Everything takes so long. So I was rolling around the streets of Hobart in the dusty tracksuits that were too short, the old sneakers, and a flanny that belonged to 2.0's granddad. Awesome. I was just. Ro- I was.
2: P.S., where was this on Instagram?
1: <laughs> there is one person. Photo... People want to
2: see this stuff. Oh,
1: I don't think anybody wants to see it. Yes, they do. All right, I'll show you a photo. See it. Okay, I I'll show see it. you a photo. Here we go. Hang on. Okay, here was me with the... St-
2: oh. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Mm. It's not entirely sure if that's not just an emo bloke. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Want to stay in touch? Head to the website, paulandrache.com.au.
1: Very quickly, mm. on the Tassie thing, before I forget... We Did were you lis- have a map? Yeah. <laughs> We were listening to some classic Cobart radio. 7LA? No, uh, 7HO. Oh, yeah. And some other, there was another one. I can't remember what one we were listening to, but if I tell you what the prize was, you might be able to tell me what kind of prize this would be. But it seemed to me very regional Radio Man-esque. You know, we've worked on plenty of radio shows where you give away things like movie tickets.
2: Now, this is the thing. I'll just say, I'm not, I'm not bitter about not being on the radio at the moment. But when I listen to the joint we used to work for, and mm. I hear the stuff they're giving away now, we're going, like, "Where
1: was this? Oh yeah, where was this? I know. Trips to New York. I know. I remember right? when we were CD. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> yeah. continue. Yeah, uh, there wasn't a great deal in the prize cupboard when we were oh, there. No. But there was Had a- to be attached to a
2: client. <laughs>
1: Isn't that the greatest sentence of all You're time? Just going to so Somebody has
2: to buy the... Oh, just want to give stuff away to people listening.
1: Exactly. Um, so, one of the prizes that a woman rang up for in the competition was a ton of wood. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's awesome.
1: I thought regional radio man would have had a field day with giving away a ton of wood. It's a ton
2: of fun. You can set on fire, keep yourself warm, or burn a witch. <laughs> You're listening to Paul and Rach. Right, do you have a simple theory? That no matter how evil the cause, mm. people will still buy a sausage sizzle. It doesn't matter what it's actually for. So when you go to Bunnings, and you'll know this is a home renovator now. Naturally. Is it constantly just going off, oh, I just need to get a screw. Okay, fine, fair enough. And isn't there something kind of cool about going in there mm. with a specific purpose, a specific thing? You
1: feel like you're part of the world. I went in there with a list. I felt like a part of the chosen people. But
2: didn't you just, and you know what, And you, you sort of thumping around a bit, you're walking with a little oh. bit of... You know. I've got
1: absolutely zero idea of what I'm after, but I'm rolling up going, just need a sand sponge uh, and four litres of Dulux Vivid White.
2: Correct. And how good is it? You're stirring up? Mate, have you got it in the four mil?
1: <laughs> just no idea. I mean, Where do you find door handles and, wo- and window latches? I mean, I don't even know what I'm Correct. looking for. I've got no idea, but you just feel like a king.
2: Yeah, now see, on the other side of the earpiece here, no doubt the people who've been listening to us for years have gone, oh, so you've discovered the real world, you <laughs> Yeah. Yes. We've we've discovered what you've been living for a yes, while.
1: Exactly.
0: It's like, wow, I just
2: found this thing the other day.
1: There's it thing called bunnings? <laughs> Sorry. Sorry.
2: You know what we're saying. Now, I believe that the the little fundraiser they run out the front, the sausage sizzle, that I go every weekend. Every weekend I'll go and, and, and wrap my laughing around a sausage even if I don't need to go to... It's
1: hard to refuse. It's
2: amazing. Yeah. And the causes are generally you a know, little school this, little school that. The other day there was a sort of a, a faux political one and I didn't quite agree with some of the things they've said and done in the past. Mm-hmm. So I went, mm, but I want a sausage. So I still donate. And also, it is my belief that when you go to get the sausage sizzle, if you have a $5 note, keep the change. If you have a $10 note, Keep the change. If you have a 20 dollars note, keep the change. What? Because the rest of it is a donation. The little look on people's faces when you turn around and say, you know what, I don't want the change because I've made a donation.
1: Unless you're donating to, insert suspect, sausage sizzle fundraiser here, whatever the one was that that I don't think you want to mention. No, I I don't want to mention (laughs) it. I don't want to mention it. My thought was that sausage sizzle, I would assume that you couldn't make enough sausage sandwiches to make a decent dent
2: You wouldn't think
1: at two dollars fifty a pop, yeah. maybe if you're rolling out sausage sandwiches for twenty dollar donations, like the good P Murray's doing when he's rolling around to your sausage stand. P.S. If you recognise him in the neighbourhood, get him over to your <laughs> lemonade stand, quick, smart, and give him the spiel. But two dollars fifty, you got to sell a shitload of sausage sandwiches to make any kind of dent in that. To
2: free all those people from Chinese <laughs> jails, <laughs> yeah. it's going to take more than just you know three egg and bacon rolls. But speaking of fundraising, yeah. I wanted to tell you about this one in America. There are cops in America who a raffle, the prize was to be hit with a stun gun. What? Okay, they will taser you as first prize.
1: I can tell you what competition that you could do that you could guarantee that, like rob someone. Okay. You know, like they, that's
2: guaranteed. But how's this? They sold two hundred tickets for this raffle. Could you imagine paying for the privilege of a cop standing opposite you and shooting you with 40,000 volts.
1: People are idiots. How is this enticing? Surely this is supposed to be something that people are supposed to be deterred from. But if you're running raffles to, to get the chance to be tasered, as if criminals aren't going to be thinking, oh, what's the big deal?
2: But what a world of fundraising this opens up. I mean, imagine if the police could turn around and say, now look, we'll look the other way. And the winner's name's drawn out of the hat. Guess what? You get to drive as fast as you can f- can pass that speed camera. See, that's a
1: price. That's a price. They do that. You know, in fundraising where the taser would come in handy, I would like to tase people that come into the office with those boxes of chocolates to sell for their
0: children. Oh, oh, Rachel, I agree. (laughs) Want to stay in touch? Head to the website, paulandrache.com.au.
1: Oh, I had a bit of a tail between my legs moment the other day. Oh, what happened? So I was in Newcastle doing some work up there. You,
0: Hobart,
2: Newcastle, you, my girl, are ticking off all the glamour capitals. <laughs> so true. What a life you're living. I know. You can stick your LA up, your Jacksey. Oh, I'm up the M1, and I'm going to go and say, g'day to Newcastle. It's
1: a pretty impressive life I lead. So I was staying in a service department. Oh, and I... fancy. Even got a car park underneath the oh building. No.
2: Now, did you want it cleaned every couple of days or do you just, do you just like it to descend into a disgusting mess for
1: No. Days? See, the thing with this particular service department was they didn't clean up for a week. I'm fine with that because I th- keep things relatively clean. The reason I go a service department when I'm working over a hotel is I need a kitchen. Otherwise, it's me and 95 Tupperware containers and open boxes of chickpeas in a yeah. hotel room with nowhere to put anything. I'm trying to cook things in the kettle. It's but, just but that's not But that said, if you
2: put the allergy kid that uh, are you out there mm. and you ask the question, I reckon there'd be some, because every every town like that is a bit of a university town. Or yes. They've got universities. They'd have some sort of, you know, legume something, wouldn't
1: they? Oh, like a little health food shop yeah. number. Oh, yes. Yeah, I found it a all little, there. A
2: little hot potato somewhere.
1: I was rolling up to the local yoga class. I was sort of getting my bearings. Were knew- you really?
2: I you did. just turned up going, guys, guys, I can't <laughs> miss it today. Can I get in
0: here?
1: So I was rolling into the car park, underground car park, and it was one of those buildings where it's part service department part private apartments. Yes. So I rolled up to put my ticket in and I put my ticket in and then I did what we sometimes do is, you know, where you put your ticket in and you roll forward in anticipation because the door always opens. However, the door didn't open, but there was a lady behind me who had already begun oh, to roll no. forward. And then all of a sudden I could no longer reach the ticket to give it another try. I put the reversing bram. lights on. She gives it the old bam, 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 And to which I turned around and stuck my head out the window and said, sweetheart, you've gone right up my ass. i can't go anywhere my ticket's not working i find
2: myself yelling at anything like that a lot of
1: are you right (laughs) yes the problem though in that moment is that you in your mind think that the only next logical step in that process is that you will back back a bit you will put your ticket in door will open and you'll go down you'll never have to see this person again what you never anticipate is that she will roll back after you've been quite rude to her you'll put your ticket in you'll put it in again no You'll put it in again, oh. and then you'll have to turn back to the lady and say, "Could you let me in?" Oh. <laughs> You're listening to Paul and Rach.
0: Oh, Rach, I've mm.
2: got to give you an update on one of your pet hates. Oh. oh, this makes your blood boil.
1: There are so many. Which from from which will you choose?
2: I know that on a scale of one to ten, one being meh, ten being f- you. <laughs> This is an 11. Okay. Now, I know you hate people who post Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, the motivational quote.
1: Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah.
2: Okay. Behold, the person who used their own words with their own photo, with their own name as a motivational quote. Are you f***ing? Me. Seriously! Oh no, 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 no,
1: no!
2: <laughs> is this not everything you hate about Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram? Photo of the person, name of the person, quoting them from themselves.
1: From that person. See the whole idea of the inspirational quote. If you must do it, is you're dipping into some old school sort of insert Confucius philosophers. say. There you go. Insert philosopher's wisdom here. Look at this tremendous person I'm borrowing from. What a wanker do you look like if I turn around and say, "You look ridiculous." Quote Rachel Corbett. (laughs) You just, you seem like (sighs) an idiot. Yeah, but of
2: course, what what happens on the internet? 300 likes. They're all there. Oh, you're
1: so, oh, wow. You just, I love
0: you.
2: But a real moment of inspiration. Mm. Little kid, United States, getting ready to jump into a pool somewhere over there. Have a listen to how he fires himself up to say, bugger it. You know, he's just a little kid, and sometimes little kids need to fire themselves up to get the courage to jump into the pool. Have a listen. I love
1: this. What did he say? I didn't catch a word of that. Yeah, well, well,
2: that's racist. But uh, <laughs>
1: no.
2: first things first, I find that just quite racist. <laughs> what did he
1: say?
2: He says, where is it? Um, I'm brave. I'm strong. God made me strong. I'm going to jump into the water right oh. now.
1: Oh, that is so cute. So he
2: fires himself up and he gets in there and he didn't put it on Instagram and he didn't quote himself and he didn't have a photo of himself.
1: This reminds me of uh, a friend of mine, Simon. Hello, Simon, if you're listening. Hi, si. uh, He Is he,
2: call- is he called Sai? He-
1: I call him Sai. I don't know. I haven't worked out whether he likes it or not.
2: I don't like Sai. You don't? As a bloke, I'm sure you know, he's a lovely man, but I find Sai mm. a bit... See,
1: see, he's never asked me to call him Cy. Si. I've forced it upon him. Like I do with many people with their nickname, because I'm not, ca- I, I always like to shorten, you know, or I like to lengthen if it's short, poorly. <laughs> I like to have something that sort of isn't just the typical name. But the problem is Rachel. <laughs> something like that. Whatever Rachel.
0: You, <laughs> whatever
1: you feel like. How are you, Corba? But I sometimes force nicknames onto people because of what I just feel comfortable with without asking them if that's okay. It has backfired a couple of times when I have called Cy somebody something and they've gotten a bit short every time and then I've had to ask somebody else, oh, I'm calling them blah, blah, do they prefer oh, and I've realised that How many did.
2: times do I need to tell you, he's <laughs> not a nickname?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I get in so much strife. But Cy, si, he was, when he was a little kid, in the bank with his mum or his dad and he was standing in line and there was a guy in front of him that was whistling and he'd never whistled before and he was looking at this guy, watching him whistle and he thought, I'm going to give that a try. So he pursed his lips and he went, <whistles> And the guy who was whistling turned around and said, Mate, that was a great whistle. And Simon said, Thanks. It was my first time. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome.
0: You're listening
2: to Paul and Rach.
1: This could go a number of ways. I
2: love when you look at me like that. Mm, I had you look at me with that sort of like
1: should I say this? Do we go there? Come on, Thelma. Mick Fanning.
2: Oh. If you're about to say not a hero.
1: Right. right? I mean, that could have been, if you think about the ways that that could have played out, that could have been a really horrible thing to see on live TV. Awful for his family, awful for him. But... But I don't know that the idea that he fought off a shark is entirely factually correct. I think, yes, he survived a potentially horrible situation, but I think what ended up happening was Shark got caught in leg rope. Shark got stunned. He apparently gave it a couple of punches and it sort of ran away. But I don't know that he actually fought off the shark.
2: I totally agree with you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I just wanted to just, just let you inch out as far as possible on the plank and then go, come on, Polly. come on, come on. Now, firstly, first, did you say this on television today?
1: No, because we were talking about something else. Because,
2: you know, if you said this on television today, you'd get Mia oh, Friedman, Cadill Evans, like... Wah!
1: Everybody. What do you
2: understand? Yes. How many children do you have? <laughs> <Hang> on, <what? laughs> yeah. How is that connected to it? Yeah, you've age? never given birth. What? <laughs> I bet you're not even married. <laughs> Hang
1: on, there you what, go. What? what? This is exactly what you I would have go, called. Man, what? No, 100%. <laughs> Look...
2: I actually thought the first time I saw the photo, mm. I thought that the fin was so massive that it was almost comical. And you know, like Bart Simpson when he puts on the, yes. the shark fin. Yeah, I thought it was bullshit. Mm. I don't know why I thought. Oh, it was Oh, it looked bullshit. fake
1: when you saw the still photos. Looked and gone. Hang on. What's that? okay, radio? Yeah. Uh, and
2: also, the only. I mean, look. I'm very glad he's safe. Oh I really, of course, we all are. And I think it is the first time in the history of ever that the televising of surfing has been justified Mm. because, like, I watch a lot of telly. I watch a lot of telly sport. I will never watch surfing. No. Never, not ever, not ever. But you're 100% right. The idea that, you know, noble Australian just sort of, this is Sparta, bang, to the nose. He was
1: lucky. That's it. That's the extent. He was incredibly lucky, and thank God he was, because that would have been horrible. But he did not channel the power of Mother Earth and, you know, and fend off the ocean's great deep predator.
2: Correct, he's not Aquaman. No, he's not. But what, what I love about it, though, is that, as you know, you know, a lot of these professional surfers, you know, they're a little bit, whoa, man, yeah, a bit Matthew McConaughey. Gnarly. Yeah, yeah a bit yeah. gnarly. Yeah. Um, and I love that his brain would have just exploded with the emotions. Because oh, yeah. I don't think, you know, it's one of those sort of surfer types doesn't live a massive life of complexity. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> what? what? And so then yesterday, oh, I don't know if I'll ever surf again. That makes sense. And then today it was announced, I've made the decision to never surf again on the 19th of July.
1: Oh, that's what he said? <laughs> yes. No.
2: I've decided I'm never doing this again on, no. on, on that day. And I've gone...
1: Oh, this is the version of the Lucky Blue Socks or something. This is sort of, I. there's something about the 19th of July. Well,
2: perhaps I'm asking for trouble, but last night I just booked a flight in America on September 11th. Okay? Yeah. Because guess what? Just because it's the day.
1: Yeah doesn't this, mean anything. This seems to me like one of those things he'll remember for a couple of years and then in about four years he'll be out in the surf on the 19th of July and go, oh, oh, that's right, I forgot I promised that thing. You know in the split second though that his mate, I'm not sure, I don't know much about surfers so I'm not sure what his name is, but the bloke that swam to his aid while mm. there was a shark out The one there.
2: who they're now saying deserves a bravery medal. <laughs>
1: this is it. But this is one of those situations ah. where clearly in that moment this is... Pure fight or flight response, right? You don't know how you're going to react because in that situation, none of your logic and reason and practicality is coming in. This is truly you at your core acting. You imagine how different the scene would have been if his initial immediate flight or flight response reaction was to just swim the other way. Isn't oh. he lucky that he was built that way on television to swim towards yeah, it because yeah, yeah, now yeah. bloody local hero, get that kid a bravery message. But you imagine if he was just like, ah oh, so the
2: so the two takeouts here is one, Mick Fanning not a hero, according to Rachel Corbett Jeez. at Rachel Corbett. Okay. And two, bravery awards should not be given out because it's five. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Hit the guys up on the Paul and Rage Facebook page.
1: I love the ability of a television promo to pump up something that isn't terribly exciting. And it's I...
0: exclusive.
2: It's the biggest. It's the be... it's hilarious.
1: In no other situation has this been more applicable. Than the great Australian spelling bee
0: yeah
1: (laughs) The promos I've watched You will not believe these kids It is amazing what they go through They stand up behind a microphone and spell difficult words Like there is nothing compelling about that But also,
2: what are we going to do? I mean, what are they going to try and do the voice thing here Saying, little Rachel Corbett Born in a gutter (laughs)
1: That
2: somehow
0: can spell chrysanthemum (laughs) Want to stay in touch? Head to the website Paulandrache.com.au
2: Rach, we're all aware of how the puppies in our life, and I'm not referring to the lady puppies, Mm. uh, you know, occasionally we'll eat things that are not food. Dogs running around going... Yes. Okay, story from Washington. There was an eight-year-old Labrador, got itself, you know, massive guts, really sore. Ended up having a huge amount of surgery. What did they find inside the tummy? 62 hair bands, eight pairs of underwear and a bandage. Oh. It took two hours of surgery to remove the items.
1: I suppose this is like those humans that you see stories about every so often who say, "Oh, I can't help eat the couch," you <laughs> yeah, know. Those, exactly. Or, "Oh, I've been drinking detergent." But
2: that's the image of it. Now I'll explain. You basically oh. sort of got two giant trays. One at the top there looks sort of like seaweed. Well, that's all the hairbands that have been chew,
0: chew, chewed.
1: That looks like any girl's closet, you know, with a thousand hairbands yeah, lying around. Exactly. That and all the undies. I just remember this friend of mine telling me about when his dog was having particular dramas uh, passing something mm. and he's had to give it the old inspect and his dog has basically chewed like a whole thing of dental floss Oh! and he had to stand behind his dog and, and just, just pull this string, <laughs> never ending <laughs> string of dental floss. What, like a magician string? Yeah, just Like clowns coming out of a car. Like coloured napkins coming mm. out of a dog's butthole there are moments where i know that people love their pets and i know that pets are part of the family but honestly they have to be laughing their asses off at us at moments like that when you think you know what you reckon that you've got domain over us but there you are pulling dental floss out of my asshole
0: perfect (laughs) you're listening to paul and
2: rage right fat people news
1: Fat, fat people, people news, news. <laughs> 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 i'm hungry
2: <laughs> 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 my actual sleeping voice <laughs>
1: I love that we've given up making intros. We now just do whatever comes out of our mouth when we start it. I think this is a, the way that we should move well, forward. Well,
2: I also like that the uh, derivations are breaking news. Oh, yeah. We've <laughs> essentially got one theme that we crack in. I, I think
1: it's genius. I think it's genius, too, and lazy. And befitting of the budget of this <laughs> exactly. podcast, I think.
2: Now, um, <laughs> 19 stone. I don't know what that is in sort of kilos, but it's fat. All right, it is unhelpfully fat. It is oh, big.
1: That's really big. Yeah,
2: it's massive. Well, um, there was a 19 stone British tourist who got themselves into a wheezing, coughing, spewy mess in Florence, Italy. Oh,
1: goodness.
2: Now, uh, for those who have been to Florence, you all know the Duomo, mm. the, you know, the, the massive uh, cathedral. Just my little connection, if you don't mind me saying so, Please. to Florence. About 100 metres from this building, there's a little jewellery shop. That's where my wedding ring comes. <gasps> Yes, from. that's right. Same as, same as Shawnee's, By the way, uh, what, 35 pounds and 25 pounds.
1: And they've, I mean, they're... That's held up.
2: So what, 2008 to now, that's still going on. Wow. Right.
1: See, this is the key. I don't know why anybody's dropping $50,000 on a ring. That's crazy.
2: Correct. Anyway, the and I want to do this directly here. The obese sightseer made it to the top of a historic tower, 279 feet, so quite a few floors. The man collapsed at the summit and was too exhausted to go back down the 414 steps. So what had to happen? Local paramedics had to go 414 steps all the way up to put him on a stretcher, to carry him all the way down. That
1: is the very definition of inconsiderate travelling. Correct. You know, if you know that you are a chance of probably carking it even halfway up the 400-odd steps and you know some poor chumps are going to have to go up and drag your 19-stone ass back down. P.S., can you imagine the line behind those books? Mm. I don't know if, you know, for those of you who've travelled to Europe, those things are narrow yeah, always. because guess
2: what? They didn't build them for tourism. <laughs>
1: exactly. A lot of people don't understand this,
2: but when they actually whacked up this beautiful cathedral in the, you know, whatever hundreds, mm. it w- was for cathedraling. Uh, it wasn't for turning up to look at a cathedral. I'm
1: also pretty sure that the bloke who ran up to ring the bell every day wasn't 19 stone, so he was just whizzing in and out pretty quickly. To be fair, he
2: was a slave who had to live up there. Oh, yeah. I mean, times were different. Oh, that's true. Why it
1: do you really turn a, these things It wasn't around. really a job. <laughs> it was <laughs> punishment. Can we go back to the wedding rings? <laughs> Get
0: the guys up on the Paul and Rach Facebook page.
1: There is a disturbing new website, and particularly disturbing for me because you know I've had an issue around this area before. I was
2: going to say, uh, disturbing and website, we may differ here. <laughs> we you may can, differ on this, exactly where the internet has this gone This may bad. be your
1: new homepage. Okay, good. <laughs> it's something called Wiki Feet. What And it is basically a website that is aimed to rank celebrities' feet.
2: So, okay, so it is the foot version of the Rate My Boobs, Rate My yes, Boner Yes, exactly.
1: World. This is my great nightmare. You know, earlier on in the podcast, I have actually mentioned that I had a young gentleman email me once uh, and ask me, and say, quote, what would somebody have to do to get a picture of your feet? Yes. Which disturbed me no end because I just don't understand why, of all the points of somebody, you would want to see their feet. So
2: was this a secret agent for this website, do you think?
1: Oh. Somebody was
2: just collating. Before they released it to the world, they've gone, I'm going to go and hit up some Sheilas I would like to see their footsies.
1: To be fair, though, I couldn't really classify as a celebrity. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> Certainly more than Mel Gregg. <laughs> maybe, maybe. That's true. What are your thoughts on feet generally? Do you have an issue with them? I'm always a little concerned with people who are feet people.
2: I can appreciate perfect feet for being perfect. Yeah. But I'm not particularly disturbed by a toe that's a little askew or one that's a little longer or shorter. I don't have a big toe. <laughs> yeah.
1: That's true. See, this is why you are sympathetic to the foot cause.
2: I don't care. I have a mangled, scarred up, skin grafty foot. And if you are a foot person who's just thrown up, good.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Want to stay in touch? Head to the website, paulandrache.com.au.
2: Time for us to say ta-da for another week. We'll see you next week. If you want to send us an email, you can go to paulandrache.com.au. Like us on Facebook. Give the thing five, uh, the thing, the podcast,
0: please. <laughs>
2: five stars on iTunes if you're on the Twitter or anything else. Let's spread the word, okay? Mm. Paul and Rach, spread the damn word. We would like to move through other people's souls like a virus.
1: Yes, let's be viral. Yes. In the disease kind of way. Yeah. Not in the good sort of 1.7 million views kind of way. In the in hard the- to shake, in, in the-, the-, the in
2: the Weepy, hard to shake. <laughs> Slightly, you feel a bit icky In after the
1: it. Death rattles, coughing. I don't, your I don't want anyone
2: to die. <laughs> yeah,
1: okay, all right.
2: It's um, on the play.
1: Okay, let's back off just a little bit, but uh, almost more like pink
2: eye. Think of us as okay. pink, eye. <laughs> okay,
1: pink eye. You're not going to die from
2: it, but you're definitely going to notice. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right, time for us to do Rachel's story time, where we take a story from Picture Magazine. We replace the dirty bits with a code word. Which Shutting this week's going to be pink eye.
1: Okay, I like it. Alright,
2: Rache Corbey, read away from Picture Magazine. We'll see you next week.
1: Today's story is called Beach Bongo. Pink eye. The moment me and my boyfriend Todd chucked our clothes off on this hard to find nudist beach somewhere on the coast of Spain, how vague. <laughs> <laughs>
0: ridiculous.
1: So vague. They've not. They've just stopped even bothering now. Yeah. It's like, well, we could give a location or we could just say somewhere. Yeah. Uh, I was fanging for it. Oh, weren't you? We'd been backpacking around Europe and had heard about this legendary beach where anything goes. Not that either of us can remember where it is, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> it took a long ride and half a day of hiking, but when we finally walked down the rocky little path to the beach, I was stoked to see nothing but lots of horny-looking naked people. Can you imagine anything grosser? Do you
2: remember our time on a naked beach?
1: Nothing horny about it. There wasn't anything horny about it. But that's the
2: whole point. The whole bullshit Mm. of these things is that they're saucy and they're not saucy.
1: It was just an old couple and then one bloke who genuinely said that he did turn his bits over to actually tan both sides. It was just wrong. I was out of my gear in no time and laying back naked on my towel watching the passing parade of tanned bodies. I was getting turned on in no time, and when I looked over at Todd, I could see by the half pink eye he was sporting that he was too.
2: <laughs> this is not going to be a great safe word. I'm, I'm just thinking about oh, yeah. it. This is not a great safe word, but we're committed to it. Let's go.
1: I couldn't help myself. I reached over and gave his pink eye a squeeze. While I th- this is the worst safe word. <laughs> While at the same time sliding my other hand down between my legs and giving myself a little pink eye action. I'd never pink eyed in front of other people before, but the eye candy that was all around, this is bullshit, just made me feel like I was going to spontaneously combust if I didn't get Todd's pink eye inside. <laughs> Still I was feeling a little self-conscious as I climbed over Todd and straddled his hips, trying not to think about all the eyes on me as I slipped his pink eye. In. Worst safe food ever <laughs> I ground away on his pink eye, flexing my pink eye and pink eyeing my pink eye down on his pink eye. People were walking past just a few metres away, but I didn't care. It was all too good with the sun and the ocean and all those tan bodies. I had a spine tingling, oh, and then dismounted from Todd still panting. As soon as I got off him, everyone could see my pink eyed pink eye as I lay there with my... Pink eye, oh, oh, to catch the sea breeze, and I just didn't care. See you next (laughs) week. (laughs) You're
0: listening to Paul and Rach.